Hi, I'm Azure Ashby, CPA and creator of the Love Then Money Institute. Each week, I will bring you inside the life of a real couple and their relationship with money in order to help you and your partner master your own relationship with money. We can no longer rely on the taboo of money to justify our avoidance. And we can no longer change the topic when things get real. I believe it's time we take our financial future by the reins and take control of the money conversation. And we do that by actually having the conversation. So get ready to listen, relate, and be inspired to achieve your financial dreams together. Because you know what they say, first comes love, then comes money. So let's do this. In the first few years of Leslie and Matthew's marriage, they had several methods to making decisions. Every couple does. But not every issue can be solved with an apology, a bouquet of flowers, or a group session with a CPA to talk about their finances. At the time, they did something a little bit different. What we did after we first got married, if we needed to decide something, we would play dominoes and the best of three would win whatever that is. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Laundry or going grocery shopping or moving the cars and stuff like that. But um, we've yeah. used it for other things too, like changing the uh, the diapers and whatever. Yeah. M&M yogurt? No? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that they came up with this creative way to settle a stalemate. But sadly, playing dominoes, even if you can play for money, doesn't help as much when it comes to figuring out what to do with your finances. It could if they really wanted it to, but it would be really time-consuming. And you would probably have to lug around a set of dominoes every time an M&M yogurt purchase or an unplanned expense came up. This week, in our final session with Matthew and Leslie, we get an idea of what's to come. We look more at a concrete numbers and looking into ways to achieve their financial and lifestyle goals. That's the funny thing about goals. Once you have some kind of game plan or blueprint on how to achieve them, talking about them gets a lot easier. Voicing your goals, creating new ones, and imagining them are a lot more fun. They don't seem to be as unrealistic or imaginative as they once did before. The fact is that a lot of people just don't take the time to talk about them with each other and actually discuss how to achieve them. It's like something we keep inside or just assume the other person knows and is on board with. The most effective way to achieve a goal is to write it down and explicitly discuss the steps you want to take to achieve it. I went through your homework and stuff, and then I made some notes so we can talk about those. But I think first... We're not very imaginative. No, it's good. I think some of the formulas on the Excel spreadsheet and stuff needed to be tweaked a little bit, so it was fine. Um, And so I took care of that, and then I think the numbers are a little bit... Like, I think you'll feel a little bit better about them, actually, which is good. I reworked the spreadsheet so it would kind of work because the way you had it was good for if I were to print it out and actually do it by hand. Once you start working with the numbers, it's like, well, I need a spreadsheet. Then you start adjusting this one, adjusting that one. You want to play with the numbers to see how it works, and you don't want to keep recalculating it. Agreed. I think it was fantastic. So thanks for doing that. So the joint goal is to be able to travel and enjoy your time together without having to pinch pennies and be able to spend time and give small gifts to your 
children and grandchildren and to be able to retire by the time you're 65. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't think that we're going to retire when we're 65. Like I think that Matthew will go crazy doing nothing. I will be very happy to do nothing or to like, or whatever. But I don't see Matthew like not working like that. He'll, he'll still make money. Yeah. I mean, and at least there's the option, right? So, which is great. Yeah. So how much will it cost us? Lots of money. How far away are we? Lots of money. I love that. I thought that was great. Not great that you're lots of money away from it, but funny. And then rate of return you're expecting was 10%. And then you were willing to contribute 5% of your income a month. So I had a question about that. Was that 5% towards retirement and like fun stuff or 5% towards retirement? Towards retirement. Yeah, towards retirement. I think that's the overall goal right now is if we can maintain 5% towards retirement every year, I think we'll be doing okay. If we can hit more, we'll be doing really well. Okay. So I added a sheet, um, your spreadsheet, and I just was like going through and trying to like figure out what some of the numbers were. So basically... I kind of re-estimated your income a little bit with the little bit of increase we talked about last time and then tried to kind of figure out like, okay, what's going to go into each account and then you can play with those or not. I mean, if you don't do the accounts, like the allocations and stuff like that and what you have in each bucket, basically. And then my, the second column was, okay, as an example, like if you get a 2% raise, what's it look like to save one more percent in retirement or savings and then 1% increase in living expenses. Like, so that you, like when you get that 2% raise, you don't like incorporate it right away. You incorporate some of it in savings so you don't see it. And then you incorporate the other. So you still get a bump. You still see an increase, you know what I mean? But you're not living off of that. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And actually looking back now, what you've done, I probably should have included those four lines in the spreadsheet calculations, but I was following the worksheet that you had, which didn't have this. So my apologies. I, but I see that this would have made it so much simpler where we break it out to the buckets in terms of here's where money is going and we could have allocated that better. Yeah, no, but you know what? It's okay. The way it's done is based on like, what will your retirement look like? So what I'm trying to do in the target numbers on the first tab is get you to figure out, okay, when we retire, what do we think it's going to look like and how much money will we need on a yearly basis during retirement? And so hopefully by then, like that debt will be paid off. Like all of those numbers will be totally different. You know what I mean? So I think what you did was good. And I think that this gives you a good idea of like living expenses during retirement. Yeah, definitely. It was a complicated. It was questionable. The question is like, well, how do we do it? We're looking at, for example, mortgage. Well, there won't be a mortgage, but we'll have to still pay insurance and taxes. Well, how much will insurance and taxes be? So we kind of overestimated it because I think right now it's about 4,000 a year. So we're like, you know what, let's just do a thousand a month just to call it even, just make it easy number to work with. So then it's not that much. We don't, we don't live in an area that's that expensive. Yes. There, there's no way it's going to go up that much. In 20 years, maybe. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge increase. 12,000 a month a year is a lot, I guess, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's good to overestimate. More vacation money. (laughs) In this next part, we begin to talk about a very important method of saving for retirement. Ideally, when you save for retirement, you want it to last your entire life. 
the surest way to have that succeed is to live on only the interest earned from the principal. So when you hear us talk about rates of return, we're talking about what the principal will be earning each year, which would turn into your cash flow for the year during retirement. So basically, it's the money that the principal is earning each year would be what you would use to live on. I also had them parse out different stages of what the retirement could cover, which lets them know how much total savings they need to survive at each step during retirement. So we have one step being able to pay must-pay items. The next step is adding in needs, which includes groceries and that type of thing, and so on until there's not a care in the financial world. It's a lot of number mumbo jumbo, but I wanted to include it for you, the listener, so that you can hear the conversation and the guidance in between. Another thing to remember is that 401k money is tax-deferred money. What that means is that you don't pay tax now, but it also means that if your 401k has $500,000 in it, with fees and taxes upon distribution, you have maybe $300,000. So you can't look at the total and use it to calculate your rate of return. And in the meantime, you want to make sure that you actually live a balanced life while you're young because the future is not guaranteed. So balance is key. So basically what I'm having you do is like calculate a principal amount so that if you're getting a 5% return in this example, that you're getting $54,000 a year. So if you're getting a 10% return, then you only need to times it by 10 because then that gets you like a 10% return off of 540,000 gets you 54,000 a year. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Basically your number 10% is aggressive. I think, you know, it'd be great if you got that, that'd be awesome. 5% is really conservative. So you know that your green is going to be somewhere in between these two numbers. But that being said, given your present value of your 401k at the 110, if you were to contribute $250 every month for 300 months and you were getting that 10% rate of return, then your future value would be like $1.6 million. We'll be a millionaire. Yes. And you will have met your green and orange goals for sure. And then you'd be close to your maintaining this life goal as well, right? So if you were to put in 500 and still get the 10%, then you would get the 1.989, which would get you to, yeah. So depending on what your rate of return really ends up being, like putting in that 300, no, where are we? 500 per month could get you all the way to your like life imagined goals. I think it's achievable. I think you're on a great track. The one thing I wanted to kind of talk about was having a mix of tax deferred and not tax deferred money. Because again, like if we're putting all of this into something like a 401k and you have $2 million, really you only have like a million dollars, you know? So having a mix at least and not putting all of the money into like tax deferred might be a good idea if you can kind of like live with having it out of your net pay now. Does that make sense? Like, No, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. Especially over the next like couple of years. I mean, while tax rates are low and I mean, obviously we'd have to do some complex math to make sure that the future value of the tax amount saved or whatever is worth it. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. I would rather know that I paid my tax on it now and like 
figuring that tax rates are going up later and just kind of put it in its own brokerage account. So that's just food for thought for you guys. Because I know, I mean, I think you're probably already contributing like 5% of your income to like 401k right now, right? Right now we're not, but we're trying to get into that. It's um, You just put $4,000 in of my no, basement. That was, that was existing, but we're not doing every month. It doesn't matter if it's every month or every year, as long yes. as it's done once a oh, year. Correct. The one twenty. Because that's what we make. That's what we're talking about. It's like doing, say, about two hundred fifty to five hundred dollars per month. So let's say it's per payment period. Yeah. Okay, so we were pretty close. The four thousand dollars, we were pretty close with the five percent. We were like four percent. Yeah. Okay. So and that was a year coming out of a year where we weren't really working. Like Matthew was out of a job for a lot of the time. Definitely hitting it. So that's what I would say is just kind of like have a mix of that. So that way you have some like post-tax money that it's yours. Like, you know what I mean? Like in the future, it's yours. Um, With the exception of obviously like capital gains and stuff like that, which we would be paying along the way. But yeah, like that would be my suggestion because otherwise we need, then we would need to shoot more towards those bigger numbers because half of it is the government's, you know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) Yep. So I think this is awesome. Where are you guys shooting? Like, where would you want to shoot? What do you mean by that? I mean, I think right now... Like, I'm going to shoot the government for taking half my money. Yes. <laughs> Not quite. But right now, I think we're probably going for the orange. I think that's doable, especially if I'm able to keep up that same level of investment as I've done in the past uh, couple of years. I'm just really happy that Matthew's letting me order new end tables and a coffee table for our... And I'm doing that, like, after we get off the phone tonight. Yay! Congratulations! That's so exciting! <laughs> really excited have like three or four choices and then we can like whittle it down from there awesome yay that makes me so happy so do you guys have any other questions on this no i mean this definitely makes sense we just i think the thing we need to figure out is how we can squirrel away money in the best method possible with the lowest fees and the highest rate of return so that we can achieve these goals while still maintaining the life we want to live now exactly yeah take it with a grain of salt or whatever but I really love the like different accounts thing because it really gets it kind of like out of your face. Like if all of the money is sitting in one account, like you're like, oh, we have this. Or in Matthew's head, he's like doing the math on like, okay, here's where this, all of this money needs to go. But like from a normal perspective, you look at it and you're like, oh, there's money in the account. We're good. But if it's in different accounts where you're not like seeing it on a regular basis, like it's much easier to achieve the goals when you're like not tempted, you know what I mean? But in the same time, there's budget for like adding in the extras. You just have to kind of decide on like the allocation. The one thing Leslie and Matthew have to keep in mind along with their goals are the inevitable expenses that are their three bundles of joy. Kids are cute, but they cost a lot of money. And as parents, this is something that's always in the back of their mind when discussing finances. We have three children and they're right now, they're each costing us on average of about eight to $10,000 a year, each of them for tuition. And it's going to get more as they get older and as they go to high school and then please God college, even though we're not planning on sending them to like a traditional four-year liberal arts education, that's going to cost probably $80,000 by the time they get there. We still need to be saving money for them to be, for even just the, um, elementary school and high school. So we don't have that as 
like that's part of our, I guess, our dream. So we should be putting away a percentage of our income each month towards their education. But effectively, I think what happens is as income comes in, it also gets distributed out pretty quickly to the schools and everything else that we've got going on. So it's not necessarily getting put away every month. Because it's not like, I mean, if the kids were in public school and we were saving for like four, each of them going for four years somewhere where we were going to have to save tuition, it wouldn't bite as much when it actually happened. But we're getting a bite each year. But do you pay it monthly or you pay it yearly? Pay it monthly. We would get a discount, slight discount if we paid it yearly. But like, we actually just got the tuition agreements for our kids. So two of our kids are going to be about eight next year. And then the other one is going to be, well, I guess after her SB10 money, she'll be about seven. Okay. So she had our... No, she a lot less. No, because our middle daughter's in a special program where it's a $28,000 a year for education because she's in a special class. But they gave us a tuition break at $14,000. And then we get... $7,000 from the state because she was in public school for a year. So, which leaves us paying $7,000. Okay, right. Yeah, we're very lucky. We're really, really blessed that she's able to be in this incredible program and we're spending only a fourth of it. Still a lot of money. Yeah, it's still a lot of money. Um, but yeah, I think, what did you guys code that to when we were coding things? Was that green? Green. Yeah. Because for me, thankfully, Matthew's on the same page as me. It's not an option. The kids are going to go to the schools that they're at. We're not taking them out of the day schools. But that's not in your like green on homework four number, right? No, because they're not going to be in school anymore. So yeah, that's right. I mean, it's being taken care of like just from the like bill pay account, right? The living expenses, I think, right? Yeah. I guess most people like kind of put away for their kids' education each month and we're not doing we're supposed to be doing it, but we're not doing it. Well, yeah, because you can't like get ahead of the year tuition, right? Are you guys both feeling good about the plan? I feel great. I feel like Matthew is so much more relaxed. We're going to an event on Sunday and it's going to be at a park and they're selling food. And normally we would pack a lunch and, you know, do it that way. And everyone else's, all of our other kids' friends are going to be buying food. But Matthew's like, yeah, we'll just buy food there. Because we see that, like, we can, it's a small splurge. It's not a big splurge. It's a small splurge, and we have room for that. Awesome. And Matthew, do you feel comfortable and you're good? I think we're okay. But I think that we've come to the understanding that there will be little small splurges here and there, but they'll be more controlled and not so every week type splurges. You know, it'll be once in a while. I had an opportunity to buy Hamilton tickets for $140 a piece. This morning, I was like first in line for a friend who was selling, and I didn't buy them. So I understand not going for every splurge. As Matthew and Leslie explain their future plans, it sets in that I won't be able to hear their stories and spats about bills, home furniture, or future family getaways. That's sad. There were a few things I wanted them to keep in mind after this session, our last session, ended. I wanted to go over some random things about like, okay, what's going to happen once we stop having our calls and you're in a situation where one of you wants to do one thing with the money and one of you doesn't want to do something, the same thing, or you have a disagreement and like, how are you going to work it out? And so part of what I think is that it's good that you have access obviously to the materials and stuff like that. But Honestly, if you start looking at your differences as benefits, as opposed to things that are bad. So my example with you guys is 
Matthew is like the security seeker, like wants to make sure everything's okay. And so he's going to make sure that you guys are always in a good, stable financial situation. And then Leslie, you are so focused on relationships and love and being in the moment and living life for today and enjoying the little things, you know, where it could be a point of contention if you let it be. It's actually so beautiful because it's the perfect balance of what's important in life, right? So having that stability is important, but also living in the moment is important and building memories and relationships is important. I think if you get to a point where one of you is kind of forgetting like the end goal or feeling stressed out or whatever it is. I think it's good to come back to your understanding of each other that you got through this exercise and like your main money personalities and why you act the way you act. And if you can remember why the other person is kind of acting that way and where it's coming from, I think those things will just fizzle out on their own. So I just kind of wanted to like say that so that, I don't know, six months down the line, if something happens that, you know, hopefully you can come back to the basics of the first couple of weeks on the things we learned, you know? Yeah, we're definitely relaxed about things like that. And we're planning a surprise trip for the kids to Charleston for Memorial Day weekend to see my grandparents. So Matthew likes often like was like, oh, let's try it. Let's do this. And then I'll try and come up with like really awesome way of doing it that it's the kind of like trip that I want to have, but without costing the amount of money that it would likely cost. So we've already found like, um, kind of like a vacation rental place that's really affordable. So we've got that booked and ready to go. Yay. Yay. I'm excited. That's good. So I'm sad. I feel like we need to have reunion calls like once a quarter or something. <laughs> I'll in a couple of months and let you know how we're doing. And we're friends on Facebook now, so you can check in with us and we'll check in with you. I'm really excited for the last couple of weeks. Definitely the conversations that we have had, that Matthew and I have had about finances have gone a lot smoother, a lot smoother than they were before. So this was great couples counseling for us. Thanks. Unofficial couples counselor. <laughs> I truly couldn't have asked for a better couple to help me launch my podcast. I so thoroughly enjoyed getting to know them and being led into their lives. I will be truly forever grateful for them. Next week, we will meet a new couple. My goal is to bring you couples who are at different stages and on different paths in their lives. So come back next week and listen in. If you like Love Then Money, do me a favor and tell a friend. Or five. I'm Azure Ashby. And until next time, I wish you both love and money. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,